Hey everybody, it's Anna J. Wollner with the Author of Library, and with me today, I'm ecstatic to have author Jenna Green. Jenna, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Jenna Green. I'm a YA fantasy author, um, and also the co-host of the Quillen Inc. podcast with Miranda O. So, thank you for having me. Thank you for 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 coming on the show today, and um, I will make sure to have that um, that link to the podcast, everybody. Uh, this is just an awesome day um, for, for learning about new podcasts. So I will have that link down below if you want to check out even more great authors uh, that, uh, that have been on the show. But Jennifer is also um, the, the author of the Reborn Marks series. And Renew is the latest book in the series. Is this a duology or are we going to see the series continue? It's a trilogy. Wow. Uh, the tr the third book in the series is written, and it's done its first round of edits. But if anyone is in the biz or is in writing, it's going to be edited about five more times. Uh, so it's got a little bit more to its journey left, but um, the the basic story is done. And so I know how the whole trilogy goes, and I I have that in my mind, and I have that secret in my pocket. So. I'm a little lucky. I'm the only one at this point, but uh, Renew is the second book. And it's really, um, the first book is wonderful, delightful. It won an award. Um, but the second book really moves the journey forward and makes it that trilogy and continues it into, you know, a, a bigger sphere. So you definitely want to check out uh, book two. Would you say that it's it incorporates quite a bit of world building, or are you more focused on the characters themselves, uh, Lexil and uh, uh, the other characters in the book? Um, it definitely Did I say has, that right, Lexil. Le Lexil, yes, Lexil. Um, it definitely has its elements of world building, um, but I mean, a lot of the world building is done in book one, and then this is just you know, expanding. So if we've got a world this big, we're just kind of expanding it a little bit more as Lexo learns more, um, but also as new characters are introduced, uh, because not only do you get her interaction with them or, you know, like Finn uh, is interaction with them, but then their knowledge and their experience and their perspective. So the world widens a little bit, but if you've read the first book, you should be fairly settled into this world and have a good understanding of what's going on. So this is a dystopian world that she finds herself in. And I absolutely love the dystopian genre and vibe uh, games uh, like uh, Fallout. Um, I'm totally there for that. Um, so I have to check out the series. I, 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 I love the whole uh, dystopian uh, genre. How does yours differ from others in the genre? Um, well, sometimes with dystopian, you have... Um, people that think they're in an idyllic world and then they find out later it's not. That would be like the giver. Um, then you have books like The Hunger Games where they know the whole time it's a pretty crap world. Um, Lexel's situation is a little unique in that, you know, she's known about this world forever, but she wasn't part of the lower class until her memory marks appear. Um, usually that happens when you're young. It happens to her when she's a teenager. So she's grown up thinking she could have freedom and then suddenly, boom, gone. And then there's a lot of questions whether this myth that you have these marks, therefore you've lived before, there you have a connection to the past. Some people think that's all fake 
it's not true. It's just an excuse to enslave people. Um, and other people think, yeah, it's totally true. And so we juggle throughout the whole series. Is it true? Is it not? Is it partially true? Is it, you know, so there's that juggle. Um, and book two and three are really going to move that mythology along and we find out what's true and what's not. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've already, you, you've already got me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, 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 inv- I, I, I want to read the series now. Like, yeah. for real. And this is a young adult series, correct? Which I love reading young adult. There's such a, people don't understand, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I love reading young adult. <laughs> they, um, I'm 39 and a half. So, you know, I love reading young adult. I love writing young adult. And, you know, every time uh, my publicist says, hey, put a blog post out for this site. I'm always writing about why I love YA, why YA, why YA, um, okay. because you can do things in that genre that maybe you can't do in, in others. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But I mean, if you're writing for adults and you have magic or you have this society, you have to explain it for like 500 pages. Right. In YA, you can just explain it in a few pages and, and people are like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Like there's that believability factor, but honestly, as much as YA is for that young adult audience, um, they say the second highest readership is um, women from the age of 25 to whatever. Uh, so it's as much for adults as it is. Yeah. And I'm one of them. No, no I think that's a really common misconception that uh, YA is, is, only read by young adults. And I think that goes back to, you know, just a bit of a nostalgia for us whenever we first started getting into reading heavily, I know was, you know, in my junior high, high school years and those YA books that were out at the time in the nineties, you know, you were obsessed with them. So that's why it's such a fun genre for for me to write and for, for you to write and to read. Yeah, there's just some really quality literature with creative ideas. And so why would you not want to read a book that's brilliant, whether it's main characters, young or old? I've read I've read books about people older than me, so I can read them about people younger than me. Very true. And and too, you know, uh, YA tends to be uh, just an enjoyable experience. Uh, whereas if you pick up uh, something that's, you know, a, an, an adult like political thriller or something like that, you're forced to think a little bit harder. And maybe this is just my, 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 my you know, lazy reader tendencies, but I just sometimes want to escape into a book that's a fun, easy read where I can be paced. Yeah, yeah and, the pace is a lot different. I was reading over Christmas a book because um, I have these, my yes. sister gave me a chart and she's uh, like a scratch off book thing. And it's like all these classics. And I've read a lot of them. I was an English major. I've read about half of them, but there was a few I hadn't. So I picked up Atonement and I was like, I'm going to read this and scratch off my thing. I was like 200 pages in and my husband's like, what's it about? I'm like, I don't know yet. Right. Um, and I mean, that book is an award winner. It's been made into a movie. It's brilliant. But you all uh, it's not what I want to read all the time. Um, you read a YA, you know, 30 pages in. Maybe not the whole story, but you've got a good grasp on, you know, things have happened. There is action. There is right. like every chapter ends on a cliffhanger. 
it is a wild, fun, fast paced ride, but you still have all these great themes and all these great questions that are brought up about perspective and identity. And, oh, it's just very, it's very rich in YA. It's just a little bit more condensed a story than maybe the adult literature. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's more fun to write, you know, like, like, oh yeah, you can do things that maybe, maybe you can't, I've never written for adults. So I don't know. So I keep saying, maybe, maybe you can do it in adult. I don't know. Um, But yeah, you can just do stuff um, in YA. You just can. For adults, high fantasy is, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, tones, that are <laughs> that are this you know this deep yeah exactly and um precisely and so it's it's really quite an investment and with YA you know um you can you know you, you've got this whole entire series that that is enjoyable and immersive and um exciting to read and sometimes you don't want the series to to end do you feel that way right now, working on the last book? Um, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I don't I know. know. No, I, when I, when I, you know, and again, it, the third book still needs um, a little bit of work, but it, it, the third book, writing it, it took me on the journey. The first two I wrote and the third book kind of wrote me. Lexel told her story. You know, Finn told his story. Some characters that are introduced in the second book, they took me on the ride. And it was really just finding a way to wrap up this series. And, and I had, you know, I always know how my book's going to start and end and I don't always know the middle. So it was like, how am I going to get all the way over? There I am. Right. So it was quite an adventure, but when, when I kind of wrapped up that draft, it felt very full. It felt very complete and it felt done. I had told that story. And, and I, you know, now I'm ready to kind of try on some new projects and new adventures. But, you know, again, it still needs editing. I st- I want to see what they're going to do for the cover for the third one, because I just love the covers that my publisher designs for me. So, uh, and I want to see how uh, readers react. I know my, my niece, she read the Renew, this new one, and, and she got to the end and I almost got punched. So I want to see if maybe at the end of the third one, she'll hug me or cry or maybe oh. hit me again, but we'll see. <laughs> now, you also have the Imagine series as well, which delves into all things magic. Is this a YA series as well? It is. Um, in terms of fantasy, it's more of the high fantasy. Dystopian is kind of in that low fantasy subgenre, uh, but the Imagine series is much in that high fantasy. You know, you have magic, you have elves, you have dwarves, you know, all sorts of creatures that I've made up. Um, and that's a series I've had a hard time letting go of because it's going to be four books and I've only written the first three. Oh. And every t- I know, and every time I come back to the fourth one, I've, you know, I've got some notes on my computer and I've got a few chapters done. I just, that one I'm having trouble saying goodbye to. So the writing of that is a little bit sluggish because there's a lot more characters with high, you know, if you have a four series book, uh, four book series versus a three book series, there's more characters. If you're writing high fantasy, there's more locations there, you know, there's just more to wrap up. And I don't, I don't, that one I'm having a little bit more trouble letting go of. You want to make sure that it's kind of a satisfying conclusion yeah. for you too. Yep. 
Plus I get new ideas and then I'm like, I get distracted. I'm like, squirrel, let's write this. And I should just stay focused. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, readers don't always realize that we get attached to those characters too. So we don't want to sometimes uh, say goodbye either. So no, their characters are very alive Person. for us. They're very, without a they're, doubt, they're a part of us. And some characters are more like your personality than others, right? I've definitely written some like hot-headed, spicy characters, and I'm like, nope, not like them at all. But I admire them. I like them. They're fun to write. They're just not me. And then there's other characters. Um, that definitely are very close to who who the author is very in their habits their talents their yeah yeah you're a bit of a planter so a mix between a pantser and a plotter yeah that's what I've named myself a planter a hybrid some sort of miscellaneous entity yeah (laughs) yeah it's always it's so difficult to uh, to explain it to somebody. They're like, "How do you come up with that?" And it's just like, really, quite honestly, the story just sweeps you away. Is that yeah. how you I mean, you it? have to have a few landmarks right. along the way. Uh, you can't, you know, you have you to can't. have the conflict. Um, for me, I need to know the ending. That's just me. Um, and then. Um, you know, and sometimes my best friend comes and we'll talk things out and we'll think about what might happen. And then as I'm drafting, I'll send it to her and she'll read it. And people are always like, well, wait, you just planned this with her. And now, and then she wrote it and she sent it to you and you're going to read it. Don't you already know what's going to happen? And she's like, it never stays the same because the character will say something. I'll be like, well, obviously now we have to do this. We were going to do this, but the darn character. I know. Sometimes you get. Sometimes you have to get them back on track a little bit. Do you ever? Uh, do you ever practice dialogue out loud? I'm just curious, or if that's a me thing. Good, but I no, I don't. Um, I have enough pockets of my head that they can all fit in and talk to each other. So they just kind of go at it back there. That's awesome. So you 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 mentioned that you're working on the fourth series. Uh, or the fourth book in the Imagine series. Do you have any plans uh, further than that? Are you planning on staying in the YA genre and the magical realism, dystopian sort of genre? Well, I'll never completely leave YA behind. Right. It is my, fir- it is my first love. Um, <laughs> but that being said, um, I have other things I want to try. So I have a picture book that's in the works. Um, yeah, well, I mean, my my daughter's five. And so in the last few years, we've been reading a lot of picture books and her and her friends have inspired some funny tales. And so um, that's an interest of mine right now. Um, you know, still sticking with that dystopian um, theme genre. Uh, but maybe writing with older characters, who knows? Um, maybe my dark cynicism will wear off and I'll write a romance. We'll see. That might be the hardest thing is to make it like not everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure that's frowned darlings. upon in romance. Kill off your darlings, is that the saying? <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I, I mean, I want to try so many things and it'll really be about 
what I can fit in my schedule. Um, I, I know that there's some writers that can write multiple things at a time and I'm Uh that kind of reader, but I'm not that kind of writer. Cause I'll forget all I've tried it before. And then, you know, my beta readers are going, um, this character was dead three chapters ago. Now they're alive and talking. I'm like, I forgot. You know, I just can't, I got to focus on one project at a time when I'm, when I'm writing. Question um, that I have specifically, do you tend to, do you write and read books at the same time? Or when you're writing, do you go on hiatus from reading other authors' novels? I want to be able to read and write at the same time, but I, I never seem to be, uh, because there's only me. so much time. Yeah. It's just kind of good because and I, I, I love reading and I want to be well read, but there's just, I, I can't do both. I can't type and hold a book. And, right. and so, and, and maybe if what, like I'm writing, like I'm starting a book. Cause if I'm starting to write a book, it's going a little bit slower. You know, I have to think things through and I can read, but by the time I'm at kind of mid end of writing a book, Oh, there's so many ideas and it's so exciting and uh, things are going. I, I don't have time to just sit down and read someone else's book. Uh, and I want to, but yeah, no, I tend to, it's one or the other. So I'll write something and then I'll read something. Yeah. But I'm glad I'm not the only one because I, I, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm either writing or I'm reading, but I can't write and then put it down and then go read a book. Um, it just, I can't get out of my own headspace, you know, uh, yeah. my, my own laptop. time is competing against each other. And that's right? true as well. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Okay, my kid, my kid's asleep. It's not quite my bedtime yet. I'm going to do some writing. Right. Okay. Now it's bedtime. <laughs> so, uh, a tough question out of the dystopian and magical realism, which is your favorite genre of those two to write? I think it's becoming the dystopian. I didn't. I'm going to ask you to pick a favorite kid. I know. Well, I only have one kid, so it's okay. She's my favorite. Um, but I think it's the dystopian. And, and I think it's just, I have more ideas for it. I have, um, you know, some concepts, some themes I want to explore. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of world building in the dystopian, but not nearly as much as in that high fantasy and uh, I think my talents are just a little bit better for that dystopian low fantasy. Um, I still love all the other stuff and I'll definitely um, probably, you know, pick that up again. But I think, I think the dystopian is my jam. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, like I said, definitely a fan. I can't write it, um, but I love to read it. So, um, I, you know, and, and it's the same with, uh, with like, uh, with, with romance or rom-coms, you know, I, I, I enjoy reading those, those novels and that genre, but I can't write it convincingly. I love, love, love historical. Yes. Um, oh, Philippa yes. Gregory is a genius, but I don't research See, no, it takes more yeah. than 10 minutes to look something up. Right. <laughs> right. Very, very yeah, true. There. <laughs> no, there's, there's, uh, th- there's definitely some props uh, to those who write historical fiction. 
and who do that that research. It's gotten easier over the years with you know uh, technology and being able to to research things online. Just, just imagine you know, uh, when historical fiction was uh, just starting to take off, what, like in the 80s, and you had to go to the, the library and use the card catalog and, and the, the, uh, the actual, you know, research, you know, and take notes. They, um, um, some of them, years of research, and then they travel to Scotland or right. Ireland, and they're taking notes, and they're in museums. I'm like, that is, that's right. They're dedicated. Like, it's yeah, never mad, gonna be me, but props to them. Bad props, definitely. So, uh, so um, one one other question. So, um, do, after this series, do you have something already that is brewing? Of course. Yeah, I'm editing a new dystopian right now. Um, I oh, just finished. Yeah, I just finished the first draft last week, and so your reward. For finishing the first draft of a book is to start at the beginning and start editing and i'm no. not quite so chipper when i'm editing my husband hasn't been home a lot lately um i am i'm super happy when i'm drafting and i'm kind of right i don't know editing's just not as much fun i'm i i'm good at it but it's just not as much fun so i'm trying to uh get through those edits um this one might be a duology we'll have to see how the second book goes but yeah we'll see but yeah it's uh it's a dystopian definitely that is that you know it, it really is it's a necessary evil but it is the most laborious part of the the writing process is going back through and you by the time you're done you've read and reread your own book at least 20 times and people you know don't understand it's like I don't even want it like the book is shelved like I don't even <laughs> want to look at it well, my friends always like, can't you just hire an editor? I'm like, I have an editor, but yeah, do my work first. And then she's going to give me her feedback. And then I have to do stuff with it. But you're not just going to hand her your book and it'll come back finished. It's not really how it works. No. And, and, and doing and going back through and kind of cleaning up your rough is make that editing. It makes your editor a little less uh there's a little less work for them to do sometimes well they can focus on theme character pacing versus this sentence is wrong (laughs) doesn't have the right words and yeah it is tedious I think it's the progress like I can sit down in a night and write three or four pages I can sit down for a night and make it through three or four paragraphs I'm like that's all I got through man I, I know mean, it's so much better, but ooh. right. You're on page 15 of a 360 page book and you're like, tell me now. Yeah. You know, looking my at husband's over my shoulder being like, you should have written a shorter book. Ha ha. And then he runs away before I hit him. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm in the same boat. So I have a two-year-old. So everything gets done after dark and I have to, uh, thus the, the massive amounts of caffeine, I think all authors really run on a mix of caffeine and um, and 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 voices in their head, but um, but yeah. So nighttime is the time to. Well, and, and I'm, I'm a teacher as well. So while I can get a lot of work done in the summer um, during the school year, I still write, but it kind of ebbs and flows. Like um, I'm writing lots. Oh, report card season, nothing. 
<laughs> absolutely nothing and then oh report card season's over oh here's the next report card season nothing what do you teach um right now I teach uh grade one and two mostly teach the littles oh that's awesome yeah, yeah I'm kind of ready for my kids to <laughs> no don't say that because mine is starting kindergarten in six weeks and I cry every day really because so, <laughs> yeah i know i know she's yeah it's she, she she's about to hit two in august and it's she's hitting the terrible twos early i think so yeah wait till three yeah uh, i know <laughs> but yeah so we're, we're both in the same boat there's a lot that gets done at night and then by the time um, you, you kind of notice your, do you ever, do you ever notice your writing style? Like whenever you go back to edit and you're like, I must've been really tired then. or cranky or yep. Yep. Okay. It's just, it's not, it's not just me. You're making me feel better. No, but you <laughs> have a kid that still takes naps. Wait till that gets eliminated. No. Yeah. She, she decided quite a while ago that nap time wasn't a thing anymore. So she goes to bed at about five o'clock in the afternoon and she's up at about five o'clock in the morning. So mommy gets very little sleep because I have to be up late. This and mommy then, invented uh, quiet time. Oh, you don't nap anymore. That's okay. All right. Go to your room. <laughs> You have quiet time and I'll see you in an hour. Don't come yeah. out of there. Just play. Sleep if you yeah. want to. Play. But she, 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 she does pretty good. She, she, has, uh, she has her iPad with her, um, you know, her uh, learning games and, and stuff like that. So sometimes that will keep her occupied. But, you know, not always. It's hit or miss. <laughs> Kids are great. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome especially, especially at nearly 40 years old, you know, um, kind of run out of steam a little bit. Um, so, but, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun talking with you about, about your series and guys, make sure that you check out the links in the description below. I'll have both the podcast and, um, Jenna's uh, Amazon page so that you can take a look at all of the books that she has in both of her series. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And if you guys haven't already subscribed, make sure that you do so that you don't miss out on more great content that is coming later this week and stay safe, stay healthy. Bye.